0: burning up the whole thing burning up my grandmother's house churches and everything they burned up everything we made all our clothes and everything yeah they burned it up why did they burn everything They it was mad but you were just little children i know but they didn't care they didn't care Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Relationship Stuff 101 podcast here on this Saturday, June 5th, 2021. Hopefully your weekend is starting off as beautiful as mine as I look out the window and see the sunshine shining in Alright, so you heard the intro, so you know what you're here for, you know what you're here to listen to. Last week I did the Tulsa City Massacre that took place in 1921. As I looked and I did research on Tulsa I ran into a story about a small town named Rosewood. And I noticed that something similar happened in Rosewood in 1923. And I'm shaking my head in disgust to say, how the hell does this happen twice? All to come to find out that there were a number of massacres that took place. It got really crazy as I looked upon my phone screen and realized that things were really terrible. More terrible than we probably think that they were last year. So, what happened on January 1st, 1923? Um backstory of Rosewood and uh, Sumner and that whole community, I implore you guys to do a little research to find out the backstory of how people of African descent ended up in Rosewood. People of European descent mostly ended up in Sumner. Um, I don't want to waste too much time on giving that history. I want to get directly into what took place on January 1st. 1923 there was a couple that lived in Sumner by the name of James Taylor and Fanny Taylor James Taylor worked at the the mill there in Sumner and as he worked hard he left his wife home alone by herself So, one night, while she's home alone, if you if you see the movie Rosewood, I implore you guys to check out the movie too. If you see the movie, the movie has her being visited interfere in an in, interfere in in with a man that is not white, that is not black. The man is white. And as you see in the scene, she is beaten, bruised, and hurt as this gentleman makes his way out of the house. And as he makes his way out of the house, Aunt Sarah and another young lady sees this man coming out of the house. And this is where you get the story of the people of African descent, or the black people, of Rosewood saying there was a white man that morning that came out of the house that did what he did to Fanny Teller so she sits hurt, crying upset she's in disbelief she can't believe what just happened to her and she can't believe that this guy has done her this way and left her alone now we don't know if this was actually what took place but all of a sudden she starts screaming starts screaming for help and she's yelling that a guy a black guy a big black guy attacked her and raped her and assaulted her this gets the attention of the, the folks there in Sumner the white folks and these people automatically go into defense mode who did this to you where is he what happened she says that it was a black man a black man did it to her so they believed that the black man that could have did it to war because he was such a problem in the town for the white people he didn't care to back down and tell them about their self this man I'm talking about is Sylvester Sylvester Carrier so pissed off angry and upset that mob makes his way Toward Sylvester's house. And then someone is given a message that says a, a convict has just escaped the chain game. And this convict, whose name is Jesse Hunter, who, when I looked this guy up, guys, I looked up Jesse, Jesse Hunter if there ever was a Jesse Hunter I couldn't find him I even searched through uh, Ancestry and I'm pretty good at using the Ancestry algorithm and to a website excuse me for those who don't understand that jargon I didn't find a Jesse Hunter anywhere I do not even know if this guy was a real person you know but they just say an escaped convict that's who they believe had done that to Fanny so the mall directs his attention towards Jesse Hunter you know in a fancy way of saying who is this nigga and let's go find him and kill him so they get their hound dogs together and the hound dogs bring them to the house of Aaron Carrier now, Aaron Carrier is the nephew in law of Sarah Carrier when they get to Aaron they question him where is Jesse Hunter he tells them he doesn't know where Jesse Hunter is at therefore they start to torture him they uh Tie him up to the back of a vehicle and they drag him from Sumner to Rosewood. Excuse me, from Rosewood to Sumner. As they make it back to Sumner after dragging him for that long, they still end up with no answers. A sheriff rescues Aaron from the clutches of this angry mob and he takes Aaron as the mob now focuses their attention back on Rosewood he takes Aaron to Gainesville now we're going to talk a little bit more about Aaron we'll revisit uh, what happened with him and his wife he takes Aaron back to Gainesville so the mob even more pissed off now because they they have no answers or they had nobody to you know hang and to, to do a demonstration they go back into Rosewood and now they're at the house of Sam Carter Sam Carter is a local shopkeeper in Rosewood as they talk to Sam Carter, Sam Carter tells them yes I know Jesse Hunter and I helped him escape now when you watch the movie you see the man that was in the house Aaron Carter tells Sam Aaron Carrier tells Sam Carter that they need to help this man because the man is a mason and to keep it on the hush about them helping him but in the midst of this angry mob breathing down his throat Sam Sam Carter takes them to a place he says he dropped them off at when they come up empty Sam Carter is shot they shoot him his bullet-riddled body and then they hang him for a display for the town to see to send a message that if you do not tell us where Jesse Hunter is at this is the fate that everyone in this town is going to face you guys this was a mob about 700 whites the mob was said to have grown to about 1500 people came and heard about this story and came from all the surrounding cities and even from Georgia to come help in this fight guys do you understand how far Georgia is from Rosewood Florida it's very far So that means that people really came down there to do some damage. Once they got there, it was said that they told the sheriff and his deputies that they need to get the hell out of town because things are about to get ugly. And so they did. At 9 p.m. on J- on January 4th, now when you when I looked at ancestry, there's a couple of crazy things that happens when you look at ancestry. On January 4th at 9 p.m., they arrive at Sarah's house, Aunt Sarah, and they're calling for Aunt Sarah, but as her as her uh, niece. when I do the research and that's her niece you guys heard in the beginning of the intro her name is Minnie Lee Langley as she explained her aunt was afraid so that's why she didn't come out of the house so when she didn't come out of the house these men started to shoot excuse me they came to the door to kick the door down when they came to kick the door down Sylvester shot the two men who came to kick the door down. When he shot the two men, that set off a gunfight. In this gunfight, his aunt, who was now trying to calm the kids in the house, excuse me, his mother, who was now trying to calm the kids in the house and get everybody to safety, was shot in the head and killed. Also... During the gunfight, as the gunfight ensued, and you 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 can see it in the movie, you see uh, Sylvester shooting back. But the way they showed that his mom died is not the way she died in real life. And this is, uh, this account comes from Minnie Lee Langley, who was actually there, sitting in between Sylvester's legs when his mom was shot, and when he shot the two men who came to the door. The battle continues and the men outside retreat to go get more bullets, because they ran out of bullets. Now, in real life, when you do your research, Sarah and Sylvester, he was actually hit and killed himself. And the men eventually retreated, thinking that there were more men of African descent inside the house who were putting up a fight with him now he did call some of his friends to Rosewood to help him in that fight because he knew of the trouble that was headed his way but Manny Lee Langley does not say anything about other men being there she said it was just her a couple of aunts the aunt Sarah and Sylvester and some other children that's what she explains that, that was there. In the movie, you see it was a guy, big baby, and him that was that was there and that was that was shooting together. So guys, when you go doing your research, uh, and you and you look this up. You're you're gonna get many. You're gonna get thrown all over the place. But the one story that I believe the most, the one story that stuck true, is Sarah and Sylvester was killed that day. They shot at the house. And killed both Sarah and Sylvester when you do yeah uh, check on ancestry.com you see that it says Sarah died on January 2nd excuse me that that's actually when it says she died okay so I just told you they came to the house on January 4th that's what that's the the date that's given but when you look on ancestry.com It tells you that Sarah died on January 2nd. So they they came to the house January 2nd at 9 p.m. That's where she died at. They did not know if Sylvester died yet because they left. When they came back to the house on January 4th, after they loaded up and they got more guns and they got more people, they found Sarah dead. And they had to find Sylvester dead too because when you look on ancestry.com it says that Sylvester died on January 4th <clears throat> that's when they came back two days later and they found they found him and her dead now when this fighting and the shooting stopped and the guys retreated that's when the children and Scrappy is, is who's the aunt that they were with they run out into the swamps and into the woods and they hide out there and they hide out there for four days until a man, a local man who helped everyone by the name of John Wright who held the blacks in his house as this massacre was taking place John Wright sent out a letter saying that we need a train and luckily He was able to catch the ears. Or the eyes of the Bryce brothers. The Bryce brothers had their own train. And the Bryce brothers. Came through. At a time when they were desperately needed. Now. When they came back to the house. To find Sylvester dead. And Sarah dead. And no other men that they thought. That they were looking for. They began to burn all the houses, the churches and the businesses that were inside of Rosewood. They set them ablaze. And as they threw martelopes, excuse me if I'm not saying that correctly, as they threw torches into these houses, the people in those houses started to scurry and run for safety. But they were not running for safety. They were actually running into the hands of this angry mob who laid in wait and shot everyone who ran out of the house as they tried to find some type of cover or they tried to find some type of way to escape burning to death. There's a story quick story about a lady by the name of Lexi Gordon now as I'm telling you all this takes place it shows you on Ancestry that Lexi was born 1872 and she died on January 4th that's when all of this is happening this is January 4th so this is when a lot of people died Lexi was actually sick at the time and she told her children to go ahead and run to safety, which was John Wright's house. And she was not gonna leave because she was too sickly to try to get up and leave. She was just gonna sit there and take whatever had she had coming to her. But then she has an epiphany, and she thinks, well, her children are gone already, and she thinks that maybe I should go ahead and leave too. So, as she finally decides to not sit there and take what was coming to her, she runs outside. And as she runs out the back door, in this documentary, I'm going to the documentary that you guys heard in the beginning, uh, most of the people in that documentary are people who are actually there. And this story I'm telling you was explained by a, a woman of European descent, a white woman who was actually there the day this happened to Lexi Gordon and she says Lexi ran out the back door and when she ran out the back door and tried to run to safety, that's when she was shot and killed I'm gonna uh, leave a link in the description of this podcast to that video for you guys to check out And like I said, I implore you guys to do as much research as you can. So, churches are burning. Houses are burning. Businesses are burning. Many people make it to safety. Now, the town of Rosewood was a town of about 250 blacks and the only white person who lived there was John Wright John Wright was the only white person who lived in the town so the amount of people who died that day the numbers changed from 40 people to allegedly only eight people dying which was two white people and six black people Um, the six black people amongst those six as we just we know now is is Lexi Gordon Sarah Carrier and Sylvester Carrier so we know that those three people did die But there were others who who did escape. But the town itself. Did not get the short end of the stick. The town was completely wiped off the map. The kids and everyone else who left that town. Never went back. They never went back. And the story lie dormant, no one even talked about it until 60 years later when a newspaper journalist started to do a story his name was Gary Moore in 1982 he was doing a story about Rosewood and one of the one of the living survivors actually caught wind of the story. And at that moment that it was brought back to the forefront. Now this is nineteen eighty-two. This documentary I let you listen to was in nineteen eighty-three. Now everybody is starting to find out about this tragedy and what took place. And why was it hidden for so long and why didn't the town talk about it? Well, the town of Gainesville, because Sumner was actually the sawmill in Sumner burned down. I think they said in the late twenties, late nineteen twenties or early thirties, it burned down and took the whole town of Sumner with it. So I guess that was Sumner's karma. You know, that sawmill burning was Sumner's karma that does let you guys know that karma will come for that ass if you do something wrong so this the state of Florida and the people in that area said well we never knew that that happened we knew something happened but we didn't know what to what extent at this moment now the survivors are asking for restitution and they want to be reimbursed for everything that they lost and they want to be reimbursed for the family members that they lost who would never be able to come back who they would never be able to see again Um, another story about another man who died there James Carter James Carrier James Carrier was the grandfather of Minnie Lee Langley he was the brother-in-law of Sarah Carrier. Um, They caught up with him and questioned him also about Jesse Hunter. And when he came up with no answers, they made him dig his own grave up and he had one arm. They made him dig his own grave up, turned him around to ask him again about Jesse Hunter. And when he came up empty they shot him back into his grave just crazy guys crazy all of this over a lie all of this over what somebody says happened and not what happened let you guys know to not listen to hearsay unless you know the story don't listen to what you hear don't listen to rumors just because it sounds true doesn't mean it's true all the time guys that's not that's not what we're here for we're not here to believe things because they sound true we're here for facts so all of them people make it out and as I I continue to do my research because I wanted to get to know these people and I'm not gonna tell these people's stories to you I, I implore you guys to do that if you want to to find out the years they were born um who was related to who? I, I wanted to find all that out for myself. Because you hear, you know, brother this and brother that, you come to find out this is in law. And, you know, this in law is not actually, they're, 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 they're by marriage. But let's go to Aaron Carter, <coughs> Carrier, excuse me, who faced this malicious mob and such a terrible thing happened to him. And he was able to make it out. So Aaron Carrier and his wife were married at the time and they both made it to safety and they lived in fear. Guys, they, lived, they, they feared so much that people would come back to try to harm them that they both changed their last names and they changed their birth year so people wouldn't find out who they were. They changed their last name. And the last name they changed it to was Carol. Now if you look up uh his wife's name. I can't pronounce her name, guys. Her name is M-A-H-U-L-D-A. It's like Mahalda. G Brown Carrier is her name. But when you look on her grave, her tombstone, if you have to look her up, it's carol that's her name and it says she died on april 30th 1923 she was born on on may 5th but in all actuality she died april 25th of uh excuse me april 25th of 1948 is when she died so yeah i implore you guys to look that up for yourselves Guys, this was just such such a terrible, terrible, terrible tragedy. All over a white woman screaming for help. A white woman screamed for help and the town was destroyed. Left to be burned to the ground and then hidden for 60 years. 60 years without an answer 60 years without a word the survivors you know guys they never even talk about it Minnie Lee Langley said she never wanted to mention it because she never wanted to live that horrific moment over and over again but Ruth Lee who was also there. Ruth Lee Davis. Lee Ruth Davis. Me, who was a cousin. Of many Lee Langley's. She did share her story. And she did tell her family members. About what happened. That's This story needs to be told guys. And it needs to be revisited. It needs to be revisited. As Lee Ruth Davis said. When you look up Rosewood. And you see. And you go there on google earth or you drive there you'll see a plaque that tells you what took place and that was one of lee ruth davis's dying wishes to have a plaque there to let people know what happened not receiving restitution in 1983 has everything worked his worked this way through the uh, justice system In 1994, the spring of 1994, the state gave each survivor $150,000. And they put the marker that I'm talking about up in 2004. So they didn't do that until 10 years later they gave them $150,000 guys $150,000 each that's not enough for what was lost if you can tally up how much those businesses would have made from the time they were around until the time they were burned down I'm sure they would say well we're looking at the time period the time period money was me, but it wasn't as much as you think. I get that, but I'm sure that whole town was not worth two million dollars. <throat> That's how much they gave out—two million—and it was split between the survivors, and they were given one hundred and fifty thousand each. It's worth way more than two two million dollars. But hey at least they got restitution the guys in Tulsa never seen no money the Tulsa incident was not talked about for 70 years in this incident 60 years they didn't receive restitution for 70 years as well $2 million they should at least give them $10 million. that would have been good set them up right enough to recreate a business 150000 you can open a business but that's just enough to probably build your building or to get a deed it's not much you say hey well at least they got something yeah at least they got something they got a lifelong psychological mess that plagued them for the remainder of their lives they lived throughout their lives with PSTD I told you about Aaron Carrier's wife the lady lived in fear until her death in 1948 she was uh, around 60 60 years old but still she probably could have lived a little longer Has she not been stressing and not living in fear which caused a lot of stress and stress brings on a lot of different illnesses and in 1948 they didn't have the medical practices they have now so if you came down with the slightest thing in 1948 your days were numbered it's a horrible time in history guys horrible time in history and there were more there were more massacres there were more race riots that ended in the death of people of African descent of black people and next week we're going to revisit another massacre now um, I want you guys to follow on Instagram Instagram Follow the Purple Pill Perspective on Instagram or check out the Relationship Stuff 101 Facebook group. And I want you guys to let me know if you enjoy hearing about these massacres or if you rather hear about something else. And if you enjoy hearing about these massacres, we can do one next week and we can do another one after next week because there is plenty of them so you guys let me know what y'all want to hear let me know also guys uh, the Purplefield Perspective also has a Patreon um, I'll leave the link to the Patreon in the description of this podcast as well so if you want to help the show out and uh, help bring better content to the show and help bring better content to you guys a simple uh, Patreon, such as a dollar, would help greatly. We we'll would go a long way, guys. I hope you enjoyed hearing about this massacre. I hope you enjoyed hearing this story. Share this podcast. I want to thank everyone. You guys really turned out and turned up to listen to the Tulsa Massacre. I appreciate you guys for that. Share this podcast. Let's try to get it to at least 100 listeners let's try to get this podcast to at least a thousand monthly listeners by the end of the year i have a lot of great things coming in the future and i want to be able to do a lot more for you guys and as we grow and we get bigger that's the more things i will be able to do be able to bring your way so make sure you share this podcast Be sure you let people know about Rosewood. Tell your children. Tell your grandchildren. Tell them to tell their children and their grandchildren. Don't let this story lie dormant. 100 years is uh, 2000. New Year's Day. That's, That's just crazy, guys. Can you imagine? That's New Year's Day. Happy New Year when this when this shit kicked off happy new year right what the F happy new year these people bought the new year and dying damn I don't know if they celebrated Christmas the way we do back in 1923 I don't know if they celebrated Christmas the way we do I really don't know if those black people celebrated Christmas the way we do now. Because the image of Santa Claus. When was the image of Santa Claus created? I'm Googling that right now. okay so the image of Santa Claus was created in 1863 it was created by a guy named Thomas Nast an American cartoonist so the image of Santa Claus was uh, around in 1923 but I mean you live in Rosewood when you guys google Rosewood you see where Rosewood is at It's not like you can go to Walmart and get a poster that that has Santa Claus on it and in 1923 guys there was no TV. TV was created in 1927. So there was no TV. These people listened on the radio. So whatever they heard about Santa Claus was on the radio. You understand? So we're going to also Google, did black people Did black people celebrate Christmas in 1923? It says, When was Christmas banned in America? Okay, us all the way back to, back to uh, 1659. It doesn't say that they celebrated Christmas, but. Kwanzaa... Kwanzaa was a holiday... that a lot of black people celebrated... back then... which was on the 26th... but the first Kwanzaa... wasn't celebrated until 1966... so there's a there's a big chance... that them children... didn't have a Christmas... so I, I was just thinking... did those kids have a Christmas... and if they did... They, they, their last Christmas you know probably the most joyous christmas they ever had and each new year you have to think about this guys each new year after that year even when these women and these men became grand grandparents great grandparents you gotta think every new year they thought about that so it still wasn't a joyous new year for them each christmas that they did start to, to to have and each Christmas that did start to come about was still not a joyous one. I didn't mean to go this far, guys. Uh, hopefully you made it this far, around. but that just right there, that I had to look at that because I was just curious to know this was around the holidays. This happened around the holidays, but as we see the holidays, not as they saw the holidays in Rosewood in 1923. I don't think you walked around the town and there were Christmas trees uh, all or all over the place. It was freezing, I'm sure. I said, this is Rosewood, Florida. Well, no, this is Rosewood, Florida. So nine times out of ten, it wasn't cold. It probably was like 60 something degrees, or something of that nature. I'm sure it wasn't cold, but I know there wasn't no Christmas decorations up, um, nothing of that nature. So it was damn sure that a holiday season, and these these uh, white people were damn sure not feeling joyous. They damn sure it wasn't were not in the Christmas spirit or the spirit of the new year. It was on the bullshit and believing a lie and going to take the lives of innocent people because they couldn't find this John Wright, this, excuse me, Jesse, Taylor, Jesse Hunter. I don't even know if this if this guy exists ever in life. I don't even know if this man existed ever in life. That could all be hearsay, but the, the fact that it's hearsay makes it even more. Hopefully you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend Hopefully once again, like I said, your Saturday looks as beautiful as mine does You've been listening to the Relationship Stuff One-on-One podcast here on this Saturday June 5th, 2021 I'm your host, Shahir Henderson And with my understanding compared with your understanding Hopefully we can create a greater understanding Once again, you've been listening to Relationship Stuff on this podcast. I hope you guys have a great rest of your morning. Have a great rest of your afternoon or evening. Your weekend as well. And I'll see you in the next podcast. Peace.